So we're going to start a series about aging, and uh, aging is something that is all around us, and most of the time when we think about the topic of aging, uh, we think like the beginning of the movie Up. Uh, some of you have seen the movie Up. Uh, if you haven't and you want to cry, uh, then go watch the first five minutes of the movie. I was ready to walk out after the first five minutes of the movie because basically it takes you through an entire lifetime uh, in five minutes. Um, it starts with a guy meeting a girl. Uh, they get old together, she passes away, and he becomes depressed. And uh, it's very sad. Like, literally, I was crying in the first five minutes thinking, this is the single worst movie I have ever seen. I want my money back. The movie gets better. I would encourage you to watch it uh, through and not just the first five minutes. But when we think about aging, we think of it kind of like up. And there's other examples. I just finished a book uh from Oprah's best-selling list. I, I don't support Oprah, but uh, she does pick pretty good books. Uh, and uh, it was called We Were the Mulvaney's. And, and the book is, uh, is my kind of book. It's slow, and, uh, and it's about people, and it's not my wife's kind of book at all. In fact, I got halfway through and said, hey, you don't need to listen to this, so just listen to it when I'm driving, and you don't need to know the whole story. And anyway, it's about this family, and, and it's about the problems that they have, but, but it, it was just kind of a life story. And at the end, uh, there's a barbecue, and it's kind of the happy ending moment, and, and, he, and he looks at his mom, and he says something like this. I looked at her and I couldn't believe the years had rolled by as the years will do. Uh, and sometimes when we talk about aging, it just goes quickly, right? And we think about the years passing by. I was watching Wonder Years the other day, not in preparation for uh, this sermon series, just because it's the best show ever made. Uh, and uh, on Wonder Years, uh, the episode was about his grandpa and his loss of eyesight and and Kevin looks at his grandpa, and he looks up to his grandpa, and always does in the show. And you knew that if you if you know the Arnolds, then you know he loves his grandpa. And and he looks at his grandpa because his grandpa is struggling to drive because he's lost his eyesight. He's not a very old guy, really, but it it even said his his eyes went before his before his time. And uh, anyway, and he looks at his grandpa, and he says, in that in that one moment, for the first time, I realized my grandpa was old. And and so the topic of aging is is just about everywhere. And I've had a heightened awareness of it uh, in the last uh, couple of weeks especially, but, it, but it's all over the place because we are doing it in some way right now and, and people are talking about it right now. Uh, it is something for me that is, is very personal and uh, I think one way to sum up how I feel about aging is a conversation that Bryn and I had on Friday. Uh, we were talking about which movies to go to and Bryn did not realize that I was thinking while talking to her about uh, my upcoming sermon series that we only had two days until we started. And so it went like this. I said, let's watch a movie about aging. And Bryn said, let's not watch a movie about aging. It will just make you sad and you'll cry the whole time. Uh, and so this is how I feel about the topic of aging in my own life most of the time. And some of you have heard me talk about this, but I really do struggle with it. It is, it is something that is hard for me. Uh, uh, for about the last four years, uh, starting about four years ago, uh, uh, my birthday has been like torture to me. Um, Bryn actually tries to make my birthdays very special to me. It's one of the reasons I have this iPad, uh, because about four years ago, she can remember sitting on a porch with me when we weren't even married yet, uh, and me being teary-eyed and talking about how fast life was going. Uh, I really, really hate New Year's Eve. In fact, uh, I'm happy to be here today because New Year's Eve is my least favorite day of the year. Two reasons. One, it makes everything that I normally find fun seem less fun. 
online because I'm watching people on TV do more fun things. So I'm sitting at home watching you have a good time. That doesn't seem interesting to me. And so I hate it for that. But I also hate it because it's another year that has gone by and and I, I, it just makes me feel older. Uh, and I do not like that. And so when I talk about aging, and as I've been studying for this sermon series, I have to let you know, first of all, it's very personal to me. You, you think, man, Chad's doing this for the old people in our congregation. But that's not true. Chad's doing it for him because probably more than the old people in this congregation, I struggle with aging. I really don't like it. I, I have always, since I was little recognized how fast life was moving and felt uh, felt out of control, which we are, in the ability to slow down that aging process, and I have not liked it at all. Could have been because I'm, I'm close to, to several generations in my life. I, I, I grew up with uh, three other generations in my home, and so uh, to recognize their age and how they're older than me probably caused me to recognize how I didn't like them getting even older. And, and I worked at a retirement home for five years. And, and the worst part about the job is, is that you would get to know somebody and then they wouldn't be there the next week. And so maybe those are the reasons. If you want to psychoanalyze me, you can. But, it, but it's a topic that I really, really have struggled with. And good news for you is, as I've studied so far, uh, I've learned things that have helped me. And I think what we're going to talk about today uh, extremely helpful for me. It made yesterday more tolerable, and uh, and that was a great test. And, and I think it's going to help you too. And, and the first thing that, that we need to do, if we're going to talk about this, is we need to know what aging is. It turns out that the, the word aging is not easily definable. In fact, uh, if you just do a simple Google search, you'll find lots of very scientific books uh, that are trying to define the word aging. And so people try to do it in different ways. People try to do it historically. People try to do it socially. Like, is there an age when, when all of a sudden you need to receive benefits from the government? Uh, people try to do it uh, psychologically. People try to do it uh, mostly physiologically. And, and when does that process start within us? Now, that's the one that we're used to, right? The physiological view of age. We look at ourselves and we say, wow, every day that goes by, my body is a day older. And we see aging simply as uh, a, a ticking of a clock, right? And that is most of the time our definition of aging. If you were to say to me a definition of aging it would probably have something to do with how the clock is ticking forward and, and how it's moving and, and we are getting older. We, we really make it synonymous with getting older. Uh, and, and this is a problem, uh, this view of aging, for, for several reasons. And, and let me give you just a few of those uh, reasons. Uh, first of all, uh, it creates a very relative view of aging because uh, if you if you read if you read the people who hold to this physiological view of aging, they try to answer one question: Well, when does that start? I mean, when does the aging process start? If it is all about this body just getting a day older, truth be told, uh, people will tell you if you do some reading that we actually start dying at about the age of 23 for women and, and about 25 to 27 for men. And so you could look at that and say, well, that is, I guess, the moment that you start aging. Now, it's slow at first. Uh, it's very gradual, and then it takes a, a steeper decrease when, when you get to some of your people's ages uh, in our congregation. I'm going to have to joke about it, so just forgive me as we go. I'm just kidding. I, I, I'm aging, too. But, but no, it really it starts it. I, I have started to die. 
Uh, that is that is the truth. Uh, it started a couple years ago. I can tell you that because of science, and I can tell you that because of uh, our football on Saturdays. It doesn't feel the same anymore as it once did, and and so it's very difficult if if you just make aging physiological to say, okay, when does aging start? Now, if you just make it about beginning to end, then you then you would have to say, hey. Uh, Kids are already aging, and, and most of us don't look at three-year-olds and go, man, that kid is aging quickly, right? I mean, we, we don't think like that, do we? It doesn't happen. And so, first of all, it, it makes aging very relative. The second is it gives off a very negative view of aging. Uh, Bryn's going to put up a, a, a little hand-drawn chart. Um, she was trying to copy what I drew on a whiteboard and on a piece of paper and did a pretty good job. Uh, but if you look at this, this is how we view aging. And in our American thinking, we kind of like this shape. Uh, it goes up and it goes down. And we see this type of thing in, in a lot of different places in life. Uh, but when you look at aging physiologically, this is how you view life. This is how you view lifespan. Kids are, are less important because they are not as grown. But as they go through some years, they get to the height of their lives and then at some point when people get older, they go down and, and they're not as good anymore. It's not as good uh, of a time in life. Now, because we define aging so physiological in our country today, you see a negative view of aging, don't you? It's part of the reason that I probably fear it so much is because I look at the people around me and I say, well, it's not good to get old. I don't want to do that because I'm going to start going downhill at some point, and I already am according uh, to science, but I'm really going to go downhill at some point. And in some cultures, like America, we see this, and so we treat people who are older, and our view of aging is physiological, uh, not as well as we treat younger people or middle-aged people. And in our country, we have, we have for years treated kids as less important. That's changed in the last decade or so. Uh, but, you know, the 1950s, you were to be seen and not heard. And we've treated our elderly people not very well. And you see that now, especially in the business my family is in with retirement homes. We'll shove them somewhere where we don't have to look at them anymore and, and they can go hang out until they go and die. And that is something we don't vocalize, but something that is, that is seen in the way that we run our society in the way that we treat older people. And it comes because of a physiological view of aging. Now, here's the other problem with the physiological uh, view of aging is it really gives no purpose to the topic of aging. If it is really just the ticking of the clock, then the past and the future have no, no meaning. And, and all it is is right now, one second gone, one second gone, one second gone, and, and we are slowly ticking to the point that we will finally die and, and go be with Jesus. And so the aging process, if it is defined purely physiologically, has no meaning on our lives. And so all we are doing is waiting to die if we are going to take aging as being something that is just the ticking of a clock. That's a sad thing, and it happens a lot. A lot of people think that way. And, and so when you Google, slow down the aging process, you can probably imagine what you're going to find. It's the same as on all the magazine covers, right? What you see is a bunch of people who are trying to stop our bodies from getting older. Because they don't see any meaning in the aging process. They say, well, aging is purely physiological. And so whatever we can do to make this body stay physically fit and better for as long as possible is a good thing because aging has no meaning. 
And so you see it all over the place, right? I mean, we're all in the new year, and, uh, and some of us have, done, have said, I'm going to commit to doing things that will make me, make me age uh, less quickly, right? And, and we've made these resolutions. And so uh, if you define aging as purely physiological, you say it is just the ticking of the clock, then you have a problem because it's relative, and it makes it so that we necessarily need to view older people as lesser, which I don't agree with, but that's what it leads to, and it gives no purpose to the years that go by. And so here's what I want to do. Right from the beginning, I want to check that definition of aging. I want to say we here are not going to define aging as something that is purely physiological. That's nice for me, that's nice for the older people in our congregation, it's nice for the younger people too because they can be treated as equals. We're going to check the physiological view of aging, okay? Now, I'm going to give us a definition of aging here in a second that we're going to stick with throughout this series. But, but before I do, what I want you to know is that we really can't look at this definition as, as the only definition. Because aging, like I said, is, is a thing that people have been trying to define for a long time now. And so when I give you this definition, this is going to be our working definition, but it's not going to be the end-all, be-all definition. I don't want you running around to people and going, well, my pastor said this is the definition of aging, and so you were wrong. There are lots of different things that go into aging. It's a uh, multifaceted thing. You can't define it in one way. But, but here's a definition that I think will work for us, and it will give some purpose and some meaning and help us to view people Correctly. Now, first of all, before I give it to you, uh, I did. I read a whole book. Uh, it wasn't intended, but there's a book called um, A Theology of Aging. And it's from the 1970s, a little bit older, but it's just a, uh, from Pastoral Theology uh, Journal. And, and they've compiled uh, a group of journal entries, and, and they put them together in this book. I, I in, did not intend to read the whole thing. I intended to read some of it, but it was really well done. And, and in one of those... Uh, they started to talk about a definition of aging that really helped me to understand it, okay? So here it is. This is it. Ready? Aging is the process of realizing our own mortality. Aging is the process of realizing our own mortality. Now, this doesn't start at any particular age when you, when you take this view of aging, this definition of aging. It's something that they can happen at any age and, and does happen at just about every age depending on your life circumstances. And so as we move forward, what I want you to see is that aging is something that, that happens as we recognize that someday we are going to die. Now what's really fascinating about that, what science and psychology tells us, is that is not something that we understand innately. That is not something that comes from within us. It is something that comes externally from outside of us. We look at people and we say, wow, they've been alive 85 years and it seems like they're about to die and then they do die. And so in our heads we say, the closer I am to 85, the closer I am to death. And so that ages us. We look at people with wrinkles and we, and we know from, from looking around and from our observations that, that when you have wrinkles, you, you've taken a step towards being closer to the final breath that you breathe, right? It's kind of a fact of life. And so we observe that in our lives and we, we recognize that we are closer to our own mortality. 
And so aging happens through these external sources. It says, hey, you're closer to death than you were before, and it ages us. That is what aging is, I think, and it's a major part of aging, if nothing else. Now, here's how it happens most frequently in our lives. Are you with me so far? Are we on the same page about aging? This is, this is how it happens most frequently through our lives. It happens through loss. Okay, now one guy in one of these articles that I was, uh, that I was reading went as far as to say that being a person is, is really in some ways a process of loss and gain. That is what life is, losing and gaining things. Now I think life is far more than that. But I do think as we talk about aging, it's important to have that in our head because when we age, when we recognize our mortality, it most often happens through the loss of things in our own lives. Now, one of the things that it comes through is through sin. The Bible makes clear that sin and death are connected. They have been from the very beginning. Uh, in the garden where Adam and Eve were living, they sinned, and so therefore death entered into the world. And so I think that at one level, when we see sin around us and we, when we recognize sin for sin, there is something inside of us that knows that that points to death. But I don't want to talk about those. I want to talk about the more obvious things that point towards our mortality. So first of all, I want to give you some things that have aged me. Uh, I think I aged quicker, younger than most people, partly because it was easy for me to recognize some of the the sin around me and the consequences that came through those things. Uh, But on top of that, I think some things that have aged me are, first of all, uh, the death of my great-grandma. Now, a lot of people aren't close to their great-grandmas, but uh, my great-grandma was like another mom to me. I grew up in her home, uh, lived with her for years. Uh, my family was very close. She she paid for everything that I did through high school, pretty much. I, I didn't go talk to my dad. I, I went and, and got my great-grandma's debit card. Uh, she didn't need the money. She was old. Uh, but, uh, but I did, because I was young and had a car. Uh, and so, I went to my great-grandma. She made me fudge. I spent just about every Friday night with her uh, when I was with my dad uh, in, my, in my childhood watching TGIF and eating popcorn and fudge. And so uh, just a few years ago, when she passed away, it was a big aging process for me. The first time that somebody close to me, uh, besides my dog, the first time that a, that a person close to me had, had died. And all of a sudden, you sit and you go, man, that woman was a part of me. She was a part of my family. And it really did cause me to recognize that someday I am going to die, to recognize my own mortality. And so it did, in fact, age me. A couple of good things that, that have aged me. Uh, graduations. Uh, I've graduated several times now. I'm uh, a little bit upset because they didn't give me a kindergarten graduation. I, don't, I didn't get one of those. But uh graduated from middle school and high school and college and then my master's degree. And, and as you see those graduations go by, while they are good things, you are losing the time that you were looking forward to before, right? I looked forward to being in high school someday, and then it was gone. I looked forward to being in college, and then that was gone. I I didn't ever look forward to getting my master's degree, but I was looking forward to having my master's degree finished, and then that was gone. And, And so even those good things, they take away something from you, right? Some of those relationships that I had. And so as I go through those kind of milestones, for me, graduations, but there's other milestones, right? Those things age me. They help me recognize recognize that I am getting closer to the end of my life. MS, being diagnosed with MS was a a big aging thing for me. When you're young, you feel like 
you're immortal, right? And, and your body's never going to break down. And then you're looking at a doctor and he's telling you, that you have a disease. Uh, you have a disease of your central nervous system. And, and then you go to Borders. This was a bad idea. If you ever get diagnosed with a disease, don't start in, at Borders. Well, you can't now. Don't start on the Internet. Uh, go talk to somebody first. But I went to Borders and I started reading this book and flipped open. And all of a sudden, I, I, I'm, I'm on. I'm talking to my dad on the phone. And I'm on a page that, that's talking about my options for for things that will help me to be able to walk. And, and I keep reading, and it's talking about how I've lost seven years of my life by being diagnosed with this disease. And, and so all of a sudden, in those moments, I recognized my mortality, right? It was like, man, I'm closer to death than I was yesterday. I wasn't, but I felt like I was closer to death than I was the day before they told me I had MS. Another thing, another good thing, but uh, being your pastor and all of those types of little monuments, kind of like graduation, but it's like someday I'll be a pastor of a church. And now here I am, a pastor of a good church. And, uh, you know, when I started here, I, I was going to stay three years and then I was going to go find another church where I could move up. And and, uh, and now I'm here six years later and, and I'm a pastor of a good church and, and it came quicker than I would have expected. But something about that, the loss of that being in the future has made me recognize my own mortality and here I am I'm a pastor and I'm supposed to be old now uh, and so I have this view of of my life and and all these things that kind of come into it and and they they cause me to recognize my own mortality now it's easy for you to look at me, and, and, and I know as soon as, as soon as I put aging on a slide and posted it to Facebook, uh, you're thinking, what, what is Chad going to say about this, right? Some of you who are older than me, anybody, if you're a year older than me, you're probably thinking, Chad doesn't know anything about this. Uh, and, and here's why. As you get older than me, it seems like these losses come quicker. And so when we look at people who are older than me, we can look at their lives and say, well, well, they have more things that are coming upon them at a quicker rate uh, that cause them to recognize their own mortality. Let me, let me just give you a few of those, right? Uh, first of all, as people get older in our society, because of our view of aging, sometimes it feels that they are losing some of their integrity. We look at people and we say, well, the workplace is, is the end-all, be-all, right? The first question you ask somebody besides how you're doing is, what do you do? And in our society, we take away what people do a lot of times, and we push them into retirement in the current economic st state of our country. And we say, well, it's time for you to get out, there, out of there and let the younger people come in. And so there's all of a sudden, as you get older, uh, in years, as that clock ticks, People are trying to take away some of your integrity. And if you have the wrong view of aging, then it's easy for that integrity to be sucked right out of you. Uh, loss of work, I just alluded to that. Loss of independence or freedom. Uh, the Wonder Years episode that I saw, the grandpa was having trouble giving up his license even though he was running into things all the time because he couldn't see. And it wasn't about giving up his license. It was about the loss of independence and the loss of freedom. And that doesn't happen when you're 28 years old. And, and when you're 16 years old, you're just starting to get that independence, right? Uh, but when you get older, you know, in years, then all of a sudden people try to take some of that independence from you. I think it's one of the reasons that people are so slow to get hearing aids when they need them. The other reason is that they're very expensive. Uh, but I, I think it's one of the reasons that people don't want a hearing aid is because, well, now I've lost some of my independence. 
It's one of the reasons that, that you see older guys who are saying, even though this is going to hurt my back really bad and, and I'm not going to feel good for a week, I'm going to rake my leaves and I'm not going to get help because they don't want to feel that independence going away. And, and so when you get older, the independences start to go away and the freedoms start to go away. And, and it causes you, because of your external sources, to go, man, this means I'm closer to death than I was before. Another one is a loss of time. Every second that goes by, we're losing some time, right? And, and it seems as, as the years go by and, and you get into the older ages that, that you recognize that you have lost time even more. And at some point you go, wow, what used to be the future is now the past and, and I've lost all that time and there's so much that I still want to do, but, but I don't really have the time to do it anymore. And, and you've seen movies like The Bucket List where people say, well, I don't have much time left and so I'm going to start left and so I'm going to start checking off the things that, that I wanted to do. And so the loss of time that comes closer to the end of life really causes us to recognize our mortality. The loss of loved ones, right? When you're young, your grandma might die. You might have some older people in your life die. Maybe a high school friend dies. But for the most part, the loved ones around you are, are still there, right? And they don't die very frequently. But near the end of life, your friends are starting to die. And you're starting to look at the obituaries. I know my grandparents do this. And they're starting to, on a regular basis, go, Oh, look who passed away. And, Oh, this guy uh, this guy died. He was too young to die. And, and you start to see the loss of loved ones around you. It's one of the reasons that people who are older that die have smaller funerals, unless your name's Cecil, uh, you have smaller funeral than people who are younger that die because lots of people have preceded you in death. Another one is the loss of health. I mean, those years do tick and our bodies get tired and, and we grow older and so our health starts to go away and it seems like at some point in life it, it starts to decline quicker. And, and so our hair turns gray and our hearts don't work as well and and our bodies don't feel as good, and our lower backs just always have a problem, right? And, and people are starting to talk about arthritis and knee replacements. And, and through all of that, we, we recognize the loss of our health, and therefore we recognize our own mortality and that someday we are going to die. Now, this is normal, right? All the things I just said are normal. It's normal that my great-grandma died. She preceded me in death. And it's normal uh, that I'm going to have some health problems. And it's normal that some of us are, are going to lose our hair and that our loved ones are going to pass. And all these things are normal. And so the question that I have, if it's normal, why does it bother me so much? Why is it so scary and why is it so difficult? And that is not a question that I had ever thought about until I started to study, nor was it a question that I ever would have had an answer to. I just would have said, I just don't like my birthday. I hate New Year's Eve. And that's it. That's all I want to talk about. But here's what I think. Here's what I think the answer is to that question. The reason that aging bothers us is not that we're going to die. It's not just simply our mortality, especially if we're Christians. Hopefully, as Christians, we can say, well, when I die, I'll be in heaven. And I would have said that, even though uh, people who are around me know how much I hate the clock ticking, uh, they, they would have also have known that I, I don't fear death. Death does not scare me. It's just getting older. It's aging. And, and so the question is, why? Why is it that I hate aging if I don't mind death? And, and here's the answer. Ready? When we lose these things, somewhere deep within us, we may not even be able to recognize it. When we lose our hearing, when we lose our friends, when we, when we lose our health, it makes us feel like we are not as loved 
as we used to be, nor do we have the capacity to be loved or to love the way that we used to. I think that when we lose things and they point to our mortality, that it makes us feel less loved and less like we can be loved. And so we fear it. When my great-grandma died, I always talked about, hey, yeah, she's in heaven. I mean, I loved her and I wanted good things for her, you know. And, and why am I sad for me? Well, because I lost that love. She loved me as much as anybody in my life. And then all of a sudden, she was gone. When we lose, I, I, I got four H's for you, when we lose our hipness, when at some point we recognize we're not as cool as, as we used to be, I, I think that bothers us, not because we wanted to be cool, but because we connect in our society being cool and, and, and looking good and all those things with with people loving us more. And so when that goes, it doesn't scare us because, oh, I'm going to die someday. It scares us because, oh, I don't know if I'm loved as much as I once was. And I don't know if I can be loved as much as I once was. When we lose our hair, same idea, right? When those physical things start to, to kind of not be what they once were, it's, it's not because we care about our hair. It's not because we care about our, our own physical health even. It's because we're looking around and going, well, people love me as much. Am I loved as much right now with this health and in this condition as I was before? If someday because of my MS I can't walk, will people love me as much as they do right now when I can stand up and give sermons and, and, and be charismatic and, and play football with them? Will I be loved as much? When we lose our better half even. When, when that person that we love goes and, and they, they are with the Lord or they've passed away, uh, can I be loved as much without them in my life? Can I be loved as much? And so when we look at aging and we see these things going away that are around us, it doesn't scare us as Christians, I don't think, because of our mortality. It should scare those who don't know Jesus because they don't have anything to look forward to. But if we have said, Jesus, I love you and I give my life to you and I know that you saved me from our sins, then it should not scare us because of our mortality. But it does scare us because we think, can I be loved as much as I once was? Am I loved right now as much as I once was? And so here's what I want you to see about aging. Aging is not just the passing of years. Aging is is the recognition of our mortality. And the reason that aging scares us is because it makes us feel less loved and less like we have the capacity to love and to be loved. That is why you don't like it. That is why I don't like it. That is why when I come to my birthday or I come to New Year's Eve, I go, man, I really hate this. Because in some way I recognize that a loss of a year is the loss of the ability, uh, in my head anyway, I think, I'm not saying this is true, I think that, that I've lost the ability and the capacity for love in my life. That is why it scares me. Here's the answer. Jesus. Jesus is the answer to all of my aging fears and all of the things about aging that bothers me because Jesus comes in and Jesus fills us with love. Jesus fills us with love in a way that, that makes up for all of the things that go away. And what's really cool is that Jesus loves us in spite of our mortality. Let me read you Romans 5, 5 through 8 and, and a couple of other passages. But first this, And hope does not put us to shame because God's love has been poured out into hearts through the Holy Spirit who has been given to us. You see, at just the right time, 
When we were still powerless, Christ died for the ungodly. Very rarely will anyone die for a righteous person, though for a good person someone might possibly dare to die. But God demonstrates his own love for us in this. While we are still sinners, Christ died for us. Ephesians 2, 4, and 5 continues to talk about this. But because of his great love for us, God, who is rich in mercy, made us alive with Christ, even though we were dead in transgressions. It is by grace you have been saved. Jesus looks down at us. He says, look, I recognize your mortality. I recognize that because the sin has come into this world, that someday you are going to die. Because sin has come into this world, you are going to watch your loved ones die. You are going to watch your hair turn gray. You are going to get wrinkles. Your health is going to fail you. And someday you will no longer exist on this planet. And while he recognized that mortality, he said, I love you anyway. And I'm going to come down and die on a cross to save you from your sins. You see, as we look at at the aging process and it scares us because we feel like we have less of a capacity to be loved, Jesus steps into that and says, because I love you so much in your mortality... In the knowledge that you are going to die, because I love you, I'm going to fill that void that was there before that comes through the losses that you experience in your life. When we look at aging, we we have to look at it and say, man, I feel like I'm losing love. I feel like love is being taken from me with every passing year because I lose time or I lose friends or I lose health or whatever. And we have to begin to look at Jesus and say, Jesus, your love for me that caused you to die on that cross to save me from that mortality is what fills me up as I lose things in my life. Romans eight thirty one through 39 says this, What then shall we say in response to these things? If God is for us, who can be against us? He who did not spare his own son, but gave him up for us all. How will we not also along with him graciously give us all things? Who will bring any charge against those whom God has chosen? It is God who justifies. Who then is the one who condemns? No one. Christ Jesus who died more than that, who was raised to life, is at the right hand of God and is also interceding for us. Who shall separate us from the love of Christ? Shall trouble or hardship or persecution or famine or nakedness or danger or sword? As it is written, for your sake we face death all day long. We are considered as sheep to be slaughtered. Knowing all these things, we are more than conquerors through him who loved us. For I am convinced that neither death nor life, neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will be able to separate us from the love of God that is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Paul looks at the love of Jesus. He looks and says, hey... I recognize my mortality. Paul, more than anybody, recognized his mortality because things were being taken from him all the time. He lost his freedom. He was beaten in stone so his health was no good. He lost his ability to go out and be a missionary, which is what he did. It was his vocation. It was all taken from him. But he looks at the love of Jesus and says, I know that nothing can separate me from this love, not even death. And so as I face the aging process, as I recognize more clearly every day my mortality, it doesn't make me sad. It doesn't cause me to be scared. It causes me to rejoice because someday I will be with that Jesus who has given me that love when I finally perish from this earth. And that is when I will ultimately be filled up with love. 
They say that hell is the separation from God. And therefore that means that hell is the separation from love. But if we give our lives to Jesus, we say, Jesus, I believe that you died on a cross for me. I believe that and I want to give my life from you. Then we begin to recognize the love of Jesus. And so as we grow older, we have to allow ourselves to be filled up with that love. As things are taken from us, things that really do generate love, as our loved ones are are taken from us and we go, man, what's going to replace that love in my life? We must say, Jesus. And as we lose our health and say, well, will people really love me? We must say, I don't care because Jesus loves me. And as we approach our final days on this earth, we must, like Paul, say, this is awesome. You know why this is awesome? Because when I breathe my last breath, when it all is done here on this earth, I'm going to reach out my hand and it's going to be the hand of the person who ultimately loves me, Jesus, that is receiving me into his glory. The process of aging is only made tolerable through the love of Jesus, through recognizing that we have a Savior who recognized our mortality and said, I'm going to die so that you don't have to be uh, eternally without my love, but you can be eternally with my love. And until that day, until that day, if we're going to get through birthdays and we are going to get through New Year's Eve and we are going to get through the loss of health and family and friends and, and the loss of, of our, our independence and our freedom, if we're going to get through all of that stuff, then every time we see a little bit of, of stuff taken from us that, that makes us feel like we can be loved less and maybe, maybe makes us feel like we are loved less or, or, or maybe causes us to be loved less, we must look at Jesus And we must let Jesus fill those voids in our lives. We must let Jesus fill those voids in our lives. And here's what I think it looks like. I think it looks like like a jar that is having stones taken out of it. And every time something happens that causes us to recognize our mortality, a stone is taken out, right? Because we, we just go, man, there goes some love, right? There it is. It's gone. But Jesus is just pouring his love into us all the time. If We will receive it. And so we are overflowing with love if we are connected to Jesus. We just have to allow that to be the real source of our love. If we look to anything else in life, if we look to people, if we look to sin, if we look to anything, it's never going to fully satisfy us and it will make the aging process very scary. But if we look at Jesus and we are convinced that neither death nor life Neither angels nor demons, neither the present nor the future, nor any powers, neither height nor depth, nor, nor depth, nor anything else in all creation will separate us from his love. Then aging becomes tolerable. And in fact, aging becomes exciting because it brings us closer to the day when we get to see our ultimate source of love face to face. And so my encouragement for you and for me is that as we move through this life, as we, as we grow older... We would say, it's not about the clock. It's not about that. It's about losing love. But I am going to, at every step of the way, replace that love and be filled with the love of Jesus because that is the ultimate love and that is what makes aging okay. I hope that you will join me in that. It's difficult for me, but I hope that you will join me in that. And and I'm going to ask the band to come forward as, as we pray for that to happen in our lives. Lord, There's nobody in here that dislikes the passing of time more than me, God. But Lord, I thank you for your love. 
God, I thank you for this recognition that you have brought me through this study, God, uh, that, that aging is not just about getting older. Aging is about a fear of, of being less lovable, God. But Lord, you are love, the Bible tells us, and you showed us what love was through your death on the cross. The Bible also tells us that. And so, Lord, I pray, God, that, that we would learn, God, to be flowing with your love, that we would allow your love to fill us up, God, so that when other pieces of, of life that bring us love are taken from us, and they do, God, they, they, are, they are, Lord, they are taken from us sometimes. The, uh, but we wouldn't be scared, God, because we would have just such a filling of your love, Lord. I ask, God, that, that at all of those points in life, we would return to you, Lord. And, and as we see things removed from our lives, it would, it would draw us closer to you, God. God, I pray that this realization that we have seen this morning would, would cause us to age well. Lord, I, I've seen plenty of people who, because of their fear of this, God, um, get grumpy, Lord. They get mean. They fight to not die with everything in them, Lord, and they become very unpleasant. But Lord, instead for us that are in here, God, right now, and for those people who listen to this sermon later online, God, I would ask that that we would age well, God, because we are being filled with your love, and in fact we are ultimately moving closer to the ultimate realization of that love, Lord. Let us be people who are so filled with your love that every day that goes by is is not a a drag on our lives, God, but but an exciting thing, God, because we are growing closer to seeing you. Lord, let that be very real to us. And, and I know yesterday it was very real to me, God, because we, we did usher in this new year. And, Lord, I feel old every time that happens, God. Um, I feel scared every time that happens. I feel like I have not done enough every time that happens, Lord. But none of that stuff separates me from your love, and I thank you for that. And so I pray that, that really in our minds and our hearts, God, every time we begin to feel that fear and and we begin to feel paralyzed by by the clock ticking, God, we would we would say it's not about those hands moving forward. It is about love, and, and Jesus loves me. I know that. Lord, let that be very real to us, God. We love you, God, because you first loved us. And we pray these things in your name. Amen.